welcome back, guys. My name is Kyle Manera. Uh, welcome back to Community Chronic Ills. Today, I am here with Carlos and Eric. Uh, if you guys like to introduce yourself, that'd be awesome. Go ahead, Carlos. So I'm from Paraguay originally. Um, I used to work for Po Paraguay, a nonprofit organization um, where I was uh, helping doing 3D printed prosthetics. And then I came here to Wichita to study biomedical engineering. And now I'm at, I am in my senior year, about to graduate this May and uh, here soon. I'm gonna be starting a master's in biomedical engineering, which I am very excited for. That is awesome. Super, super. And uh, I'm, I'm Eric, I'm also Paraguayan. I was born and I studied here um, medicine. I'm a doctor, currently a doctor. And um, and I founded, but I founded the the nonprofit that um, Carlos was talking about, which is called Po P O Paraguay, which means uh, P O means hand uh, in our native language here, which is called Guarani. And uh, and I had the pleasure to meet and work with Carlos for a while. Where what we do in Po is that we build, a, a, we design and manufacture three D printed prosthetics from hands, arms, forearms, whole arms. Uh, we've been working for a couple of years now with with feet, legs, and now we're working with uh, probably this year will be uh, knees and like for above wow. knee amputees. So um, yeah, we've been doing crazy things. Besides that, we also worked in um, uh, visual disability, um, lot, lots of things that are not prosthetics themselves, uh, maybe orthoics and even specific tools that are not supposed to be hands or other things for, okay. I don't know, People who are hairdressers or BMX riders or or guitarists. Well, we have a, a bunch of people doing crazy stuff. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's that's really yeah, cool. Crazy eight years and uh, and so here we are. So okay. how do you get the more specific prosthetics? Is it more on request basis, yeah. or is that stuff that you kind of just start working with and? you know build what you guys think is cool or is that more for what people come and ask for yeah we we, we would love to say that no we think it's cool and then people start using it but the the thing is that we have a lot of requests from uh from uh, regular prosthetics right 3d mm -hmm. everything 3d printed right um yeah. so we have uh we have a, a certain capacity to innovate and build things that are just like random like open innovating in whatever mm -hmm. we think we have done that with things that we've seen that happens on our on our, our users more focused to to as as carlos said right daily lives like da daily lives activities daily mm -hmm. lives activities. yeah right and um daily life activities and um so there is where we we create more more um, um general specific tools like for mm -hmm. everyone but then we have people that come to us like uh, um, uh, patients that come and say, like, I don't want a hand. It's, I want something that helps me do my work better, right? I'm an yeah. electrician and I want, want something that will let me grab a cable so I can work with it in another thing. Or I would like something, as, as I was saying, with a, a woman that works in a hair salon and, and, and they were not giving her the, the, the work of, of doing something we call brushing, I think, yeah. brushing. As a procedure in hairdressing, and yeah. um, and you use the blow dryer and the comb, right? At the same time, yeah. but you couldn't do it because she was born without without a, uh -huh. a forearm. So so she had a little bit of forearm, 
um but she could she she could use the other hand to come and do other kind of things so what we did with her is that we did a specific tool that is a circle like an, a ring that you put mm -hmm. on top of it and you can start placing different instruments she uses she uses oh. specifically in the beginning was the, the the blow dryer and so she got that and it wasn't like she had to learn how to use a prosthetic or learn how to cope with the process of getting a new hand and getting your <laughs> new shirts or stuff like that she was like boom i'm using it as a tool for my work and and she's been using it i think for four years now and and it's been upgrading and now it's a multi-tool multi-tool device wow. which which i think is it's it's um i think it's where it's headed right and in, yeah. in a way we have prosthetics that might be better as an arm and for certain things but most users will benefit a lot more for functionality over over overlooking making it more, more as, a, as an arm as, as an arm right well yeah and especially Gatti, Gatti, carlos has another has an uh maybe a, a better view of it with the work he's doing too there but um I, at least what we appreciate here is that the functionality is a part of it right yeah. and and, uh, and aesthetics it's something that's complementary to to what we're doing yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I feel like that's a big thing per person. Each person has a different view of what they need. And that is awesome. I think that's that's such a cool idea that, you know, a lot of people I don't think I've seen as much having like the extra tools. I just, you know, you just see prosthetics in a normal way. And I guess I liked how did, I know Carlos worked for you um, down there in Paraguay. How did you get into like the prosthetic? prosthetics field i know you are a doctor um, was there something that inspired you or is that just a need that you really saw and you felt that you could make a difference in yeah um uh, super into context right um like i'm 29 years old right mm -hmm. and uh i've just graduated uh from med school um and i started this when i was i think 21 years old and wow. i was in, in 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 second europe we have we here we have like six to seven years of med school right mm -hmm. and um um and in the beginning i did not have the 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 i didn't have the first-hand experience with working with prosthetics but we did have a, a lot of things happening here and 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 it's not more for people where that were born without hands it's more for accidents accidents that happen and they <laughs> it's usually a new amputees right and um um and usually it's work related and uh driving you motorcycles with lower limbs is mm -hmm. a disaster so um seeing seeing i i saw a video in youtube like literally i was watching youtube yeah but i got into a video that called that's called uh project daniel it's from not impossible labs crazy team doing crazy wow. things for many years now not impossible labs and they were doing, I think it was in Uganda. And they went there and they led 3D printed 3D printed machines. And they were doing rudimentary 3D printed prosthetics, and uh, which were working. Kids without both hands that were lost in conflict were eating again by themselves. And um, and, I, and I saw that as a, a, a as a, something I said, like that's that's obviously Uganda at that moment. And I, I'm not sure right now, and, and I'm not qualified to see if it's still a humanitarian crisis. But um, but that same situation, in a way that's really visible, it was happening in, 
what's happening in our neighborhoods too, in 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 our hospitals, and and the access to prosthetics was less to one percent of people that needed, and because of price, uh, because of of availability, because of of sheer distance from places that could give you information. So I said, okay, if that works there, why cannot we start making something here that we we have a lot of access to technology? And um, um, it, 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 might, it might sound that Paraguay is something that it's super disconnected from, from the world in many things, but actually Paraguay has a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of just technology hub, a lot of people, good universities, <laughs> really interesting people that, that, that are doing crazy stuff. And, uh, and I said, this has to happen here. So like, if, yeah. if it doesn't happen here, like when is it going to arrive here? Or, and, or, yeah. and who's going to do it? Like yeah, how much exactly. do something that that is freely available in the world, and uh, at least the knowledge of it. And so we started it. We worked with a with a community that was called is called Enable, and enabling the future. And it was a Google Plus group. I think you you yeah. you didn't see Google Plus alive. I think on. Mm. I mean, many people haven't. That's why. Um, yeah. It was like Facebook, but yeah, early time Facebook Google Plus. It was 100 people from all around the world just saying, like, we want to do freely available 3D printer prosthetic solutions for anyone that has a 3D printer. And yeah. uh, we got there, start working as volunteers. And I say, I want to do something. Fercho Alese, Fernando Alese, who is my the co-founder of Poe, he said, I'll bring plastic. I'll bring the 3D printer. We went to their <laughs> grandfather's workshop and... Uh, <laughs> And we start working out and now it's eight years from that moment and and yeah that is awesome. and, and crazy things yeah that is so awesome to hear and i guess carlos how did you find it how did you get in i know you're doing biomedical engineering how did you kind of get into that um whole picture and and then i guess you could go on to kind of explain what you're doing doing here in wichita yeah so um, my story um, started kind of like towards the end uh, of my exchange year. I went to Texas. I was living there for a year. And I always wanted to uh, become a doctor, similar to Eric. But then I saw this opportunity, this new field called biomedical engineering. And I was like, wow, that's so, so innovative. Uh, we can combine. I can just go directly into working in research research and development of mm -hmm. uh, the combination of medicine and technology. So yeah. I got really, really excited. And when I went back home, I had a period, a long period of time between uh, my stay at home and going to college. So I started looking in Paraguay for different opportunities to work, to get a little bit of hands-on experience in this field. And that's when I found uh, Pope Paraguay. And okay. It was a really funny story because I just found it on the internet. I actually uh, saw like the founder. One of the founders was Eric. Um, I just show up in the office and <laughs> asked to talk to Eric. Eric wasn't there, but other people, the manager, Mateo, was there. And I just started talking to them if I could volunteer and everything. And that's how it started. Um, I started getting an amazing experience. I didn't know much about prosthetics. I didn't know much about 3D printing. I didn't have much. Uh, hands-on experience yeah uh, working there like directly hands-on like working with the prosthetics working directly with the patients 
uh, seeing the impact, how people's lives can change from one moment to another. That's what we call a PO moment. Like when we, for the first time, we give a prosthetic to our mm -hmm. user. So uh, just watching that just really motivated me. And I was like, wow, I'm getting into this career. That's so awesome. <laughs> Yo, that is awesome. That's, that's why uh, one of the main reasons uh, when I arrived to Wichita State, I didn't start organiza an organization at first, but um, in the past, like during my first few years here, I worked with students on developing uh, certain projects and that Paul Paraguay was working as well, such as a 3D printed food where I gathered a team of senior design mechanical engineer students and uh, with their experience, I tried to uh, get as much data as possible that maybe with our resources here, which the state is a lot easier to produce that kind of data mm -hmm. than in Paraguay, for example. And yeah. after afterwards, I saw that that model could work here perfectly, especially uh, after I saw the, the capabilities of, of the innovation hub here at Wichita State. Um, I just talked to Nathan Smith, the lab manager, and I was like, hey, we have to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I talked to Pop Paraguay as well, and they were more than willing to help me. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We, had another, uh, we had like a whole different level of difficulty to work with because mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden we, like all of us experienced, we were in isolation for the longest time ever. And that's when uh, we started like looking for new innovative methods to manage to produce these prosthetics. Um, one of them was to actually just do it remotely. So we had, uh, for example, one of our users from Texas sent us his literally a cast of his thumb, right? Okay. We just really scanned the inside of the thumb and with the help of Poparaway, uh, we managed to just use that three printed scan to re just recreate the prosthetic mm -hmm. from there just using those wow. measurements and then uh, like we used to like get special permission to go to the university and 3d print that prototype and then just build it real quick and just mail it to the patient mm -hmm. in texas and the patient in texas will send me pictures i will have talks with him like hey how does it feel how, how does it work so everything mm -hmm. just to try to do it remotely and by wow. the end of the day he was working pretty well then he came back uh, he ca actually came here to kansas several times now um, he was more than happy with his prosthetic, and as uh, Eric says, we are also trying to focus on the functionality of the prosthetic. So, in this case, in specific, he is a farmer from Texas, so okay. he really likes to work with tools and different, mm -hmm. a little bit more uh, hands-on uh, kind of guy. So, uh, right now we got access to a really good 3D printer uh, called uh, Fuse, Fuse One. For, mm -hmm. by form labs and we are really excited we with this new 3d printer we are capable of producing very very high level prosthetics it's wow. in, uh, in a line of powder and it allows us to print in a tolerance level up to 0.02 millimeters i think like something wow. crazy like that. is that so like a polyjet polyjet one carlos sorry is the is a, is a powder one right it's not the resin yes. Yes, it's the power one. The power wow. One. So literally it's like powder. Actually, I have a model here with me in my desk. <laughs> so this was uh, 3D printed just in one single piece. And as that is crazy. Like, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, for the people that has worked with 3D printed materials before know how crazy this is because yeah. usually you have supports, you have like, you see the tolerance there, like that's not possible to get that yeah. high level resolution and you can even, you cannot even see the layers because it's still yeah. print technically by layers, but that is, yeah, that is awesome. Amazing material. So we are really excited. We are just having a bunch of projects now that we have this uh, new technology available for us and Part of the organization also focuses on giving uh, hands-on experience to students. So I want to try to recreate the same experience that I had that helped me like getting passionate about prosthetics. Mm -hmm. Just like like having the hands-on experience, uh, having the opportunity to help the community. I think that's very necessary for students in the biomedical engineering yeah. world to have. And I would like to recreate that same experience I had for the other students here at Wichita State. Yeah. That is that is really awesome. You add, to add to that, Carlos, I, I think that, that, and for me, Poe itself or anyone that's handing out arms, 3D printed prosthetics, is not only about the impact that you're creating to the user, right, or to the patient. Um, it's actually the people that are participating in that process, mm -hmm. like students, volunteers, the same workers, the, the people that are sharing these stories, you are seeing something that it's supposed to be done in the future, right? Like yeah. 3D printed prosthetics went for people that you've never seen and, and, and it's happening now and it's happening mm -hmm. um, without needing a PhD of, of yeah. doing certain things. It's that there's, there's obviously a need to pro for process and protocols and safety and, and everything. But at the same time, there's such a space for, for impact that you can do without, without having, um, without, uh, compromising safety and 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 mm -hmm. um and, and and it opens up a huge a, a huge um uh, a range of uh, array of options for many people like i i, I i'm saying like carlos maybe he wanted to be a, a biomedical engineer or not but it's that's not a common thing here in in, in paraguay and it's not um it's not not common but maybe seeing that you could do 3d printer prosthetics and you can do arms hands and everything that put triggers in your head and you say, man, I, I can do this. And then I can do this for my life and, and start creating uh, like uh, mini robots everywhere. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. everywhere. Androids working itself, <laughs> themselves into our existence, yeah. which is crazy that yeah. you're living in a world where actually people are building their arms, you know, like yeah. whatever they want. And, and, and yeah, and I think the, the, the that kind of thinking is it's 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 what it's actually groundbreaking right yeah. The, yeah i think that's awesome and i guess that's one thing i, I saw you get on your website at, at poe specifically there was downloads on off your website is that something that anybody with a 3d printer um can go and print or is that something yeah. how does that process work exactly like you like that we what we did is that um we started using at the beginning of poe open source design so okay we thought that we should continue with that right it's that's the philosophy that brought us mm -hmm. the the capabilities to start handing out hands and then we started um iterating and creating better hands and better devices and more devices and protocols over it and then we just said of course, it can be competition. And of course, it can be people that say, okay, I'm going to build upon what you did and do something better. But that's the idea. 
and uh, and you can go to thingiverse.com, search prosthetics, and you're gonna find a bunch of of devices that we already done that you can build for your daughter, or you can build yeah. for a patient, or you can research over it, and and uh, wow. and that's actual open innovation, and that's that's what I think led to the boom of 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 three D printed uh, prosthetics. Mm -hmm. To something that 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 was just something done by by some people, to something that went viral all over the world, right? And um, and um, and and I haven't seen something in 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 the three D printing impact world that's been so 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 transversally impacting everywhere in the world yeah. that that than than three D prosthetics, um, and that's because most of them is open sourced and and the community yeah. is so good. That they share new things and stuff like that, and we have the capabilities to hand I don't know ten hands a month, right? But the world, like the same devices that we that we have, uh, can be be a thousand a month, right? And yeah. and uh, and then my R and D is shared too, right? Mm -hmm. My research and development is not is not on my budget, right? It's on the budget of every single person that's downloading it, trying it, yeah. breaking it, doing it better. And then I just grab it again, right? And, yeah. and uh, so there's a community of a lot of respect, which I think is, 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 is what's, what's the world supposed to be from now on, right? Where, where we respect property from intellectual property, but at the same time, we build upon it. That's the we yeah. web 3.0 um web 3.0 that people are talking about uh yeah and all the blockchain and and crypto and all the buzzwords we can say but i think that's 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 like a real world example from eight years to now oh, that, more more respect based right not so yeah 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 but i think just everyone combining and putting everyone's mind together that's how we're going to advance in technology and anything in this world is just going to be putting our heads together and people that care like you you know like what you said like that respect but also helping each other build and grow and just you know doing crazy things that i would have never thought you know even five years ago just how fast stuff is changing is awesome yeah yeah, yeah. super totally and i want i got the carlos i want to ask you something that because sorry if i'm i'm just like uh no. interrupting but no go uh, for it that for us my experience is that that i don't do research right mm -hmm. um i don't I, well i i don't dedicate my life to research i i i um for me it's more a field work right mm -hmm. and um more opera more like a startup than a lab right mm -hmm. um and i want to know like how does it feel from the the research perspective that does that reach reach real life because that's one of the the, the yeah. challenges i have right is that i see and i see academia as something that usually lacks the bridge towards real impact real life impact i'm gonna have so many professors and researchers on my head right maybe a lot of them do i know maybe a lot of them do but i'm pretty sure that most of them just have great papers that that usually don't get to, to, to us maybe. Yeah. To the average person. I mean, a lot of people yeah. in higher education will see it, but not the common person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my question. <laughs> what are you doing for it? <laughs> I love your question. I love your question because that's something that I have noticed too during the years, how certain 
It's how certain devices, how certain technologies look very good on paper, but do they actually reach to the people that needs them? Uh, that's, a, that's something that I have been focusing with my organization. I want to keep things realistic and practical. So using the technology that we have available, I don't want to overcomplicate things or try out things that might not work. The thing is to find already existing technologies and improve upon them and know that it's gonna work, right? So uh, that's one of the main topics about our research uh, point of view, like how to create a new innovative device or a new way of manufacturing this kind of device, how to make it easier for the clinicians that have to uh, give these devices to people in need. Um, uh, things like that. We, we don't want to focus so much on uh, just developing overcomplicated engineering that is not going to be used by people. So that's thing, I think that's some, one thing that is lacking the most in the higher education, how uh, actual projects are taken in, are, are taken into the hands-on experience. Like they are lacking hands-on experience and like meeting with the actual people that needs the prosthetics and uh, how how to think about okay how do we expand upon this how can we create a certain device that will help the most amount of people so actually in my senior design group we are um, developing a cooling system for a prosthetic socket mm -hmm. and that's one of the projects for example that where we are trying to develop a new technology to make this possible but also make it a, a thinking about how to make it affordable, how to make it the, the, very easy to use, very easy to fix for the clinicians, and taking just all these different aspects into consideration instead of like one single very complicated point in the research. We are trying to look at the overall scenario. So that's one thing about research and development with 3D printed prosthetics. I believe that it needs to be also very practical. and. Like Eric was mentioning, we were talking about open source. Uh, that's something also that allows us to improve even better because we don't have to deal with restrictions from patents or uh, restrictions from certain devices because we are not selling this to people. We are giving this out to people. So that's-, that's Make that bigger device. impact. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a lot of, some things people have, uh, very they're all their eyes are on the money instead of trying to make that impact and that's something um we've been looking at a community also like i you know i obviously i want to make money everyone has to survive kind of thing but i rather make a bigger impact and help more people than me be rich like you know i mean that's just more of what i'm focused on because i think a lot of things in our healthcare is just very we see the problem but if like you said earlier i see the problem but if i don't do it who's going to mm. and sometimes like i feel like we sometimes have to take that um into heart and be like well i need to be the change that i want to see and that's a big thing that we've kind of talked we talk about all the time and just try to strive ourselves to be the biggest impact and i oh, just love okay. to see that yeah, and 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 really, really, I think the 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 
when when you say I want to make money and 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 I want to make impact, and I, I I truly believe that there are certain things that obviously are hard to make it sustainable, like economically as a super startup that's gonna be IPOing any yeah. soon. But at the same time, uh, making impact is not separate from being mm -hmm. sustainable. Okay, and and that's something that that people have have to understand. Thinking that mm -hmm. I only have to sub subsist by having donations is just an easy way of not thinking in a business model of how we can work. Yeah. Sub sub like subsidizing and charging something to the person that maybe cannot pay everything or finding a way to paying from other ways is the work we have to do to make this kind of impact sustainable. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a university project or a hobby and eventually our, our minds will follow, will follow sustainability. Okay, that's, that's fact. Like your head is gonna gonna um, look towards where where something that's gonna be um, taking like for the future in a while and um, yeah. and but that takes a lot of work and time. But also working in a in a in a big company that sells sugar water also takes a lot of work. Okay, yeah. and making it work and a lot of things. So don't think that because you come here is that or this part. Any of this one is easier. You have to put the same amount of work and the same amount in. The only thing is, how do you feel at night or in the morning yeah. or in the middle of the day? Dude, how do you feel? I think that that many people think that generating impact is something that it's the nonprofit way, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and when you say nonprofit or NGO or another other things. You're just thinking about non-sustainable ways of solving things, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 uh, we have, we don't have to be here trying to be um, not like not fact-based. It is sometimes <laughs> something that you have to get donations and just send it. But I think that's that's the first maybe years of a nonprofit, yeah. right? Um, while you start doing your nonprofit work and validating your idea and doing stuff, you can also grab MBAs, like people who are all the time thinking of how to make money, getting your team and, and try to, think, to say, okay, how can we keep the philosophy of impact first and, and mm -hmm. impact first and everything first? And, and, uh, but at the same time, like do not just be $1 of donation, be $1 of impact, but $1 of donation is like funding. Uh, I would never fund a startup that I give $1 and it gives $1 back, right? Yeah. It's $1 and I can make like $10,000 out of it. And, um, exactly. and that work, and that work is something that maybe, maybe is a new major. I don't know. Um, you can be a, mm -hmm. NGO, NGO sustainability or business model creator specialist. And, yeah. and that's something that I'm sure that there's a huge market for, for mm. consultancy and, 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 um, and, and even, even not even as a major, but as something that someone that likes to create impact um, yeah. and, and knows a little bit of, of, of business can, 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 can capitalize on it and, 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 and just make it better. Uh, yeah, I think a lot, a lot of it is like this B, B corps, right? I don't know yeah. if you <laughs> like B corps uh, or Empresas B in, in Spanish. Those are those are usually 
companies that decide to generate impact. Yeah. But at the same time, in a way, they might there might be a way to create from impact a company. And yeah. uh and uh and yeah, yeah, I think that's there, there's a, a really interesting space for anyone in any major to to just explore that that reality. Yeah, I mean there's a lot, a lot of things that can help a lot of people in this world. And that's I'm just glad there's other people out there that are willing to do it because sometimes there's not. Yeah. So I guess one of one of the other questions I had, I know you talked about it, Carlos, about being able to do the prosthetics not from Wichita or um, where you guys are in Paraguay. Um, is that something you guys are looking at continuing doing in, in the future? Or is that stuff that you guys already have going on right now still? Like being able to give prosthetics to people that aren't in your region or area that can come and um, get measured. Mm -hmm. Carlos, that's for you. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, definitely. That's the whole point about that we found uh, during the pandemic, right? Like we don't necessarily need to uh, just stay close-minded and just focus on the direct community to call it like that, mm -hmm. but to focus on any person that needs it. So okay. it doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter where you are. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. So I will look for you. I will find you. And we are and just going to try our best and provide the assistive device that you need. And I guess what's that kind of what's that process like? Um, how are you guys scanning in the measurements? Is that on your phone? Is that um, a special tool that you have that you send out there? So at the Innovation Hub, um, we have a 3D scanner. So mm -hmm. what we do is, uh, like I mentioned previously, we grab the cast and we 3D scan all the geometry of the okay. inside part of, this, of the cast. And then we mm. use that to create the socket for the assistive device. Oh, okay. I didn't. I basically the same measurements as the stump of the patient. Okay, that's what I. I overlooked the cast part. That's what I was like. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, the cast would make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess is that something you guys are doing down there, in, uh, Paraguay, or is that not as much? If you guys found a lot of. Yeah. We, we work with well, differently with different devices, right? Mm -hmm. um, if it's hands and even, even sometimes with forearms, we usually do only digital, digital uh, measurements. We don't okay. even uh, use casts, right? Um, because usually there, there are many places there are not people that are gonna do casts for them. Casts is the way to go, right? Actually, if mm -hmm. you can send it and stuff like that, you have the actual physical representation and you can try it on and stuff like that. People don't have to travel. That's great, right? Ideally, that's the way. If not, if not um, digitally, digital measurements from self-measurements and then pictures we usually take or they usually take and send us with a reference, um, either, um, uh, either a coin or a ruler or something like that. It tends to work, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that that strategy strategy is hit or miss, right? 
um, mm-hmm. because because it's not 100% precise, but it's it's pretty pretty precise and uh, it's pretty it's pretty acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yes, we with what is with lower limbs and um, and and uh, maybe when it's above elbow, uh, we need people to come to us, right? And, okay. Um, and then they get the cast, and then they can go home, and mm-hmm. we do a scan, and we do everything. So, I think there's a space for for virtual for virtual um, consultation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ideally, well, pra- like pragmatically, for it to for me, the way that it's better for the user to get the device without the less amount of barriers and stuff like that, boom, that's the, that's the way we're going to try to do it. Ideally, yeah. the way that I see, I, seeing, I see it scaling to a, to a status quo solution, like something mm-hmm. that is a protocol solution, is that um, organizations like the one with, with Carlos or, or with Paul, um, start being reference reference hubs for hospitals or techni- or, or prosthetic oh. technicians or mm-hmm. medical doctors or medical teams or um, mm-hmm. um, um, people that that not necessarily have the expertise of creating three D printed prosthetics, but they have the expertise for everything else like mm-hmm. physical therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and other stuff, mm-hmm. and then. Um, biomedical engineering teams or, or, or universities or whoever steps up to the challenge, yeah. right? Um, um, just make the, become the ones that provide this kind of, of solutions. I think mm-hmm. I see that, that that could be an amazing way to guarantee a uh, really good experience, right? And, and okay. we've, we've already had experience here with, with, with hospitals that post amputation surgery, contact us, they prepare the, the, the users, the patients, and then we receive them already set mm-hmm. it up or us giving them the prosthetic. And it's an amazing process, right? And yeah. it's, it's usually hassle-free, it's usually a lot mm-hmm. cheaper than, than in time and in money than mm-hmm. having to tell them, okay, you have to go physical therapy again. You yeah. have to go again. And it's better, but I don't think that's the only way that it should be done. Yeah. Because that brings a lot of protocols, a lot of safety safety things from the other party, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and, um, um, and yeah, it's 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 just if if everyone's open to innovating and 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 creating the proper yeah. protocols and safety, that would be super fast, right? But yeah, of course, that depends on 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 anyway. Yeah. Now, and I guess my last question to kind of close everything off is. What do you guys see yourself where in the near future? Where do you see yourself going? Is there anything big coming up that you guys are excited about? Um, what's, what is that for you guys? What's your next two, five, 10 years, whatever you want to talk about of where you guys see growing? Adelante, Carlos. Yeah, um, well, like I mentioned before, the main thing coming up for me is gonna be my master's degree mm-hmm. um i'm gonna be moving to pittsburgh pennsylvania for a master's at carnegie mellon university wow okay I'm super excited because um there are so many novel research in that university and so much access to new technology that it's just gonna open a whole new world for me mm-hmm. uh, uh, looking at some of their faculty i think they have a really good and 
connected program. They even mm -hmm. have this uh, bioengineer initiative where they are starting to biomanufacture uh, 3D bioprinting organs. So, wow. yeah, yeah. So I'm super excited of working with them. And if I can get uh, hands on experience working directly with that new technology, that would be something amazing. And, so and, is pro this prosthetic stuff you're doing right now something you want to continue up there um, that you are wanting to kind of get into a role and have it continue here in Wichita? Well, I guess what's your plan there for that? Or is that something you want to kind of put on hold um, while you're doing your master's and get more experience? Oh, never in a hold. No, not at all. Okay. Um, I, they're, they're, yeah. So to answer your question, I'm working uh, here at Wichita State University to make the, pro the program not a student organization anymore, but uh, as we were talking uh, a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, mm -hmm. to make it its own department at Wichita okay. State. So that way it can be a lot more autonomous and uh, continue, uh, continue the collaboration with Poparawai as well. And also, um, as you mentioned, yes, I want to also provide this experience and this same program at Carnegie Mellon. I, that's one of the one of the ideas uh, we'll see when we arrive there. That's still uh, mm -hmm. more in the future to call it like that. And but yes, definitely um, this should be something like we have been talking on this podcast. This should be something that uh, everybody should be if they have the capabilities of making an impact. They should be doing it. Uh, there is so much to do in this field. So I think that it will be a waste if this is just left here and not expanded as much as possible with everybody that wants to work on these things, which is mm -hmm. something that I found that most people like to and would love to work on this and they just don't have the opportunity or they don't know about it. So mm -hmm. yes, definitely I'm gonna continue with this. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. I guess, Eric, what's kind of the next step for Pope Paraguay? Where do you guys see yourself going? I know you have big, you seem like you have big ambitions. So yeah, I'm excited to <laughs> yeah, hear no, it. Oh, boys in a, in, in a really interesting year. Uh, after the pandemic, pandemic, we worked a lot with, with um, we didn't stop our work. We stopped handing out hands and arms, but we started working on, on safety, safety face shields and many other things for, for medical devices that just sparked again something we wrote in, in, our, or in our foundational statutes, right? Mm -hmm. That was that Bowie was not, it's not, only, it's not a, a nonprofit that builds prosthetics, right? We do tech for changing people's lives. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so, and it's not only about creating products, it's about creating people that create products too mm -hmm. and create systems that, are just perpetuating this positive thing that we are doing ourselves um, with our with our humble experience of what we can do, and uh, and I think that that both this year is 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 becoming some is is doing their impact but at the same time using that impact to show people that there are many other things that need heads and people yeah. doing this right. And um, uh, and and I uh, we, we are doing some talks that I, we love. If someone wants to 
if you want to do it like in school or, or in, in university or in groups mm-hmm. that we, we just do, we call it like three printing for good, right? Where mm-hmm. literally is just searching things in Thingiverse and, um, and downloading that, like searching for disabilities. And you see the whole ab- array of things of yeah. products that change people's lives, but and they're just free there. And you can print it for like $2. Um, but we're not doing it because no, it's, it's too hard, right? To design. I have to be an industrial designer, a biomedical yeah. engineer, a doctor, and stuff like yeah. that. And it's, those things are tools, right, for yourself and to to impact, right? But at the same time, you can start doing that at age 15, and you can become a biomedical engineer afterwards, right? And or you can even become a biomedical engineer because of that, or or yeah. just experience it and and. It doesn't take like like student loan. It doesn't take like I have to um, I have to leave my house. It's just um, how the way we finish the the usual these talks is that that I I give them my Instagram account. They can send me uh, an idea that they that they found in Thingiverse and mm-hmm. tell me like why why would you like to do that? And I'm I'm gonna find the nearest 3D printer into your house. I'm gonna pay for the 3D print. For the for the for the product, and I'm gonna ship it to your house, so you can just use it somewhere. And I've been having some super amazing people sending crazy things, and um, so I think Bo is Bo is looking to for at least the next year, work in in in, in diversifying a little bit and in in, yeah. in how how people orbitate our universe of impact, right? And then obviously in the next years, we are super interested in start uh, keep advancing on, on the devices we have, the, mm-hmm. the specific tools. We've been working for a couple of years already in myelectric devices. Wow. Um, those, are, those are interesting, but um, they have a lot of flaws yet and they need a lot of work and money put into it. So I think there's a, there's a thing there, right? And, and yeah. And yeah. So Paul Bo, Bo, Bo is looking to... to to really consolidate the idea that we need more people doing what we do. And then yeah. with that, with that, I think we're gonna have a clearer picture of what, what the world needs, right? And that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, we are one call from you, right? And and yeah. and um and anyone the one that's listening to it right now, just like literally Instagram me, text me, whatever you want. And uh, we can have a call, and 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 we can see what you can do, to to from where you are to create meaningful change, and and probably find the reason of your life too. Well, at least for yeah. a phase of your life, and uh, you're gonna be really happy. So yeah, that's my goal from within many goals I have. For that, the- that is awesome. I I love it, and I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, I love talking to you guys, and it was great. Thank you guys. 